going, everybody? Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. I invite you to pull up a chair, sit back, and relax, and welcome you to another episode of the SPEMA Council Podcast. I hope everyone's doing. I hope everyone's doing okay with schooling. I hope everyone um, is, you know, is is healthy, physically healthy, and you know, just as important, um, me, uh, me- mentally mentally healthy. Uh, online schooling may be. A bit, um, a bit of a downer on some, on some, on some people. So just make, so just make sure you're uh, doing your, you're doing some daily check-ins with, you know, yourself, um, checking, checking in with your friends, your fa- your family, to make sure that that you're that you're okay. Uh, myself, on, on honestly, I found that uh, you know taking walks through uh, taking walks through parks helps clear helps clear the mind. I know the Niagara region has a bunch of trails that can be easily accessed um, um, uh, through uh, through people. I my uh, apartment has uh, has a nice has a nice park i think it's the glenridge quarry naturalization site that i go to mm-hmm. a couple that i go to a couple times so it, so that can so i can access that safely and uh keep yeah. myself in check and you know i hope uh everyone everyone does that um at least a couple at least once at least once a week just to make sure that uh, you know you're feeling okay and you're feeling positive uh, my and, co-host for this episode, uh, making his triumphant return with the questionable Montreal Canadiens jersey in the in the in the back in the background, but we will worry about that later. Turn the camera the other way, for heaven's sake, Neville McGill. <laughs> I mean, welcome to the show. Um, I mean, I don't know if I can keep coming on going if on. like I'm going to be advertising a little price jersey there. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, thank you for letting me co-host again. Well. Um, Going back to what we were talking about a little bit before, though, talking about, you know, making sure you're good um, mentally with mental health, um, making sure your your life is balanced. Our senior director of events, uh, Nat Hamill, uh, basically she has her own podcast called Did I Ask? And she um, released this big post about, um, you know, selling mer- merchandise uh, from the week of October 4th to 10th, um, spreading awareness, all the proceeds go to I'm not sure what which foundation I can't uh, the Cana- uh, the the Cana- I think it's the uh, uh, the CMHA, the Canadian Mental Health Association. Right. Yeah. So she she's done really good things there, and um, you know, because I I mean, it's it's just great what she's doing. I think that's something that we all have you know kind of um, maybe tapped into during quarantine, and that's not a bad thing. It's just something that you know is going to happen in at some point um and you know while we're talking about it it's just great what she's doing and you know we're all uh we're all super proud of her so shout out to nat yeah yeah if you if you want more information on that uh the instagram handle is uh, at did i ask podcast uh i think um and uh, you can go check uh check that out again all proceeds go to the canadian mental health association a really great cause uh moving on to uh the 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 main event of the of uh of, of this episode we interviewed uh brock men's volleyball coach uh, Matt Ragonia. Um, he also he's also the assistant coach um, for Team Ontario for the 2022 Canada Games. The technical director for the Niagara Rapids. The founder of Niagara Youth Life Coaching. The it like the uh, like he is he 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 is a jack of all trades. But this was a really really great episode that. Um, that uh, you that uh, you should tune into till the final seconds. Uh, Neville, any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, well, you were kind of getting stumbled your words because, like, he has so many different titles. You know, he's doing, like, you know, four or five different major things in his life right now to to keep busy. And he, he talks about being busy all the time during his uh, – I mean, talk you know, about – During the episode. I mean, talk about commitment, eh? Oh, my oh God. yeah. <laughs> That's, like – like, when you listen to this, like, if you don't – if you – if, you know – if you like, you have to think that it's get that that his responsibilities is uh, is an epitome of getting out of your comfort zone. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's it's just awesome. Like, seriously, that like that's the one word to to, to to sum it up. Honestly, yeah. I mean, you'll be motivated to do more after this episode. So, oh, I, like, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we like when when we were doing the recording. Like, I like we ended it. We ended off, and I was like, boy, I'm fired up. I'm yeah. up. No, yeah, it's it's I'll five o'clock and I, I still want to work. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, the 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 points range from uh from you know uh from life from life advice to uh, advice on commitments to you know to coaching advice that is easily transferable to uh to to literally any role in the in the sport industry so i suggest that uh that that you that you uh pay close attention and um you know i hope that uh that you gain that you gained uh that you can gain something for it which you know is the goal of this podcast yeah no yeah I think uh, we'll, should we send it over to Matt? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, uh, and, if, and if you want to follow, uh, if you want to follow the podcast some more, uh, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at SPEMA Council Podcast. Uh, be sure to give us a follow on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you find your, your favorite podcasts. We're on there to tune in and uh, listen to all the episodes we have available. But without further ado, uh, let's head over to Matt Ragonia of Brock Volleyball for a great episode. Enjoy, folks. All right, we have a great episode planned for you today, as I said in the intro. And joining us, it's a bit of a milestone episode because uh, we have on our first uh, varsity varsity head coach um, from the uh, Brock Badgers men's volleyball team and the assistant coach of Team Ontario Volleyball for the Canada Games. Please welcome Matt Ragonia to the podcast. How's it going? And it's great to have you on. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the invite and uh, really happy to give back to the sport management department um, over these years for sure. So yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, th- th- thanks again, Matt. And uh, let's get started into the usual first question, regular segment on the show. Uh, what makes your, your uh, story of uh, how you got to where you are now unique? Yeah, so I, uh, I guess a little bit about me going through. I came to Brock in 2011 uh, to do my, my bachelor of sport management, like uh, I'm sure many listeners on this, uh, this podcast here. And I had amazing dreams to be the GM of the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, that, that was goal number one. And, and things started to change pretty quickly after that. But uh, yeah, I took a little bit of a different route uh, than most people to get to coaching. Uh, coaches usually are athletes uh, for a lot of their career. And then they turn coaches uh, when they're done playing. But uh I uh, I actually started coaching volleyball a lot more before I started playing. 
Um, so I started coaching a little bit early in my university career, helping out. And I guess I'll go through that later. But uh, then got a chance to play on the men's team back in 2016 uh, when it had its first year back in the program. And then I turned back to coach after. So it's definitely been a different uh, a different pathway, a little bit more of a bumpier road there. But uh, after I graduated uh, in 2015, I jumped right into my master's. So I stayed at Brock here, um, did my master's in the kinesiology department uh, under youth sport coaching. Uh, with Dr. Phil Sullivan, who was the past uh, men's rugby coach. Uh, and uh, yeah, following that, uh, got more into coaching and started working more for the local volleyball club here in Niagara, uh, which I still currently do. And uh, yeah, here we are. So that's kind of a little bit of a, I guess, uh, the introduction of the the unique story. But uh, I was definitely a hockey kid um, growing up. I, I played hockey all my life. I played some AAA as well. And then uh, once I looked into... Uh, getting more into the coaching side of volleyball that kind of turned and shifted my, my focus there. So became a little bit more volleyball oriented. And uh, one thing that I love the most about kind of this whole pathway and journey is the, the sport manager program itself. Uh, when I recruit, when I talk to people at the program, when I, when I really speak anything about it, it's a, uh, it's an amazing program with many opportunities and uh, it, it gives you freedom to go find what you like and what you don't like in the sport industry and kind of how you can make that work. Uh, as your time as a student and when you do hit that workforce or when you're looking to be a grad student or anything past there it's uh there's lots of opportunities it's a great department so nothing but good things to say any uh any favorite teams uh during your time during your time in hockey uh teams as in like nhl teams like yeah, favorite yeah. Team uh, yeah, just I'm just a Canuck guy. I was a big uh, Roberto Luongo fan growing up. So uh, when he was in when he got traded from Florida to Vancouver, I finally uh, I said that's the team I'm going to stick with, and uh, happy with a happy with a good performance this past postseason from the Canucks. So uh, getting Definitely. better every year. Kind of all over the map here. Like I'm a Canadians fan. If you can see that Price jersey right there, we got a Canucks fan, and then we got Will, the the prideful Leafs fan. Um, so you were talking about your story a little bit and one of your, um, you know, duties or one of your pathways as a sport manager was being a TA. Um, so are there any moments that have stood out to you during your time as a TA? And in some ways, is it kind of similar to the responsibilities that coaching a team brings? Uh, you know what? It's still something I actually do. Um, I, I do uh, TA right now in the sport manager department as well. But when I started as a uh, grad student, I guess it was 26, uh, 2015, uh, when I started TAing, I think it's really cool now to see a lot of kids that when I was TAing in first year that are now out in the industry working and, and doing some really cool jobs. I think that's more of a hit home for me right now. Uh, and I think that's really similar when uh, we look at the uh, team, like especially the volleyball guys for me, but uh, a lot of guys that I played with, a lot of guys that are graduated now from our program and some really cool things that they're doing out in their life. And uh, I think when we get a chance, COVID aside, but when we get a chance to get back with our alumni event and uh, and get the guys back on the court all together, it's really cool to hear their stories and what they're doing around. So uh, I think that's a big part for me in terms of um, matching, matching, I guess, teaching the sport, but uh it's great for me too. Again, I, I say nothing but good things about the sport manager department. So to see a lot of these kids going through, uh, I guess a lot of these students going through uh, their years of sport managers and, and, and developing and working new jobs and trying new volunteer opportunities, uh, especially with Canada games. I think it's awesome that there's a ton of sport management students that are interested in volunteering and helping out with the Canada, the Canada games here in Niagara. Um, 
And when we get to promote those jobs too, I think it's a great part as a TA, right? So um, yes, we're there in, in seminars and we're marking a lot of papers here and there, but I, I have had a lot of students reach out, uh, whether through LinkedIn or through email, just asking general questions, whether it's uh, career questions, whether it's job questions, uh, whether it's internship questions. So I think that's a big piece for me uh, that I really do enjoy. And now seeing them, seeing some of them anyway, um, and the full working force is uh, a really cool opportunity. And it's a networking part right? Networking for them. And then uh, also on my side too, because I think it's uh, really cool to see people be successful in different positions. Definitely. And, you know, I think that's the most fulfilling part um, as, as a TA, you know, I can, I can imagine, you know, when, you know, when students go, when students, you know, go beyond, you know, just handing the papers and then calling it a day as opposed to, uh, you know, reaching out and, you know, looking for opportunities uh, to, uh, to help their success and growth as a professional, you know, that's, 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 you know, that's, that's what uh, I, I imagine, you know, is the most, is the most fulfilling part, you know, and the same can be said with, you know, co- uh, with, you know, coaching your players uh, when, uh, you know, you have, yeah, if you have guys that, um maybe aren't necessarily stars, but, you know, work their way up through the system uh, and eventually land a, uh, a impact role on, on, on the, on the, on the team uh, that, that can bring um, the same, the same level of, um, of fulfillment. Um, I, I can imagine. Um, and that sort of segues into uh, the next question that, that I have um, going into your, um, into your uh, endeavors as a varsity coach and, uh, and, you know, starting at the beginning, what did the process look like uh, when, for uh, you developing into a varsity coach? Uh, what uh, drew you into coaching and, you know, what type of training and certifications did you take to eventually get uh, to the varsity coaching level? Yeah, so uh, my my first year of university was actually pretty quiet. Um, I, I really didn't do too much in terms of uh, volunteering, getting out there. I know the sport management uh, motto is volunteer as much as you can, and uh, I, I did I did little bits and parts, uh, especially for our, like the one p nine one, one p nine two classes that we still have. But uh, a big step for me was in second year, and I actually reached out to the local volleyball club, uh, so the Niagara Rapids volleyball club, and, and I said, hey, do you know what, like. I'm semi-interested in coaching. I've always been a big fan of uh, working camps, working with kids. Um, so for me, that was a general interest itself. And uh, I started working for the, the club itself, uh, just coaching that year as a part-time assistant coach, a volunteer role, a couple nights a week. And as I, um, I guess, kept growing over the years, I kept volunteering for different events that uh, Niagara held. So um, whether it was coaching, maybe head coaching a team, assistant coaching another, working a lot with their house leagues, um, we also had the Volleyball Canada Center of Excellence here that was run by uh, Dale Melnick and Nathan Grunveld, uh, former Brock coach and former Niagara College coach. And uh, I started helping out in the mornings too. So just little stuff to, to get going, I guess, in my second year. Um, dur- during that time, though, I started looking at certification as well. Um, there's quite a bit of certification that's needed to, I guess, progress through your levels like, like there is any sport. And uh, so I started looking at my levels and getting into that. And uh, they're not called level one, two, three anymore, but now they're uh, development, advanced development, performance, and advanced performance. So uh, as we work our way up in the NCCP, um, I started going through those classes and started taking some on weekends, some were online, some are, some are through home. But I really focused on that a lot in my second, third, and fourth year. 
of university and, and knocking those off. And I think being able to integrate, and, and that's something that we tell a lot of our sport management students now is that the content that you're learning, if you can find ways to integrate into your, um, into your life, whether it's, it doesn't have to be coaching, but whether it's marketing, whether it's, uh, if you're doing anything in sport law or sport event management, like there's a lot of opportunities for uh, students to get into. Um, so I think that was a big step for me right away, uh, from, a, from a coaching level. Um, I also joined in third year. So we do have our third year 3PO2 uh, field placement class. And I actually started working for the women's volleyball team under Dale Melnick. And uh, I coached there for three years as an assistant coach. So I started as an 80 hour placement intern uh, into a part-time assistant coach. And then in my final year as a full-time assistant coach. And as I was going through there, she was a big supporter for me too, helping me out a ton, uh, helping me with my levels, helping me go through the process, um, even getting me into my performance uh, certification classes, which is a big, uh, that's more of an application process, which was awesome to have. Um, I think a big part too with the networking side is spending time with coaches that who want to make their assistants better. And that's kind of one of my mottos uh, to this day with my coaching staff, which I hope that uh, if they do listen to this, they're getting the same out of it as I, as I want them to be. But um, <laughs> as far as they want to go is, is how much I'm willing to help them, right? So if they're really invested, if they want to learn more, if they want to have conversations, uh, quality conversations, and I'm always up for those conversations. And I think that development piece is huge when um, you're kind of going through this whole coaching process. So I, I was lucky to be working with the local volleyball club uh, coaching a couple teams every year, as well as working with the Brock women's volleyball team and getting experience in between those two levels. Uh, so I think that's a really big part that started me off when I was in my undergrad. Um, kind of moving ahead, like the, I, I think the networking part that I stay on is just kind of looking into getting yourself into more regional opportunities. So from a high performance side, um, I started coaching uh, at the regional uh, summer games, the Ontario summer games in 2016. And I had coached one of the teams there that was uh, successful and won gold that year uh, for our region. And, and oh, that was kind of my nice. first taste, um, my first taste into the uh, kind of the high performance circuit. And uh, again, these are all just volunteer positions where you got to find time and make time for these if you're really invested. And um, I think that was a big piece for me uh, to jump to that high performance side, because from there I kind of took my two different routes now. Of One was still coaching with Rapids every year and, and working through there. Uh, with Brock and then the other side was on the high performance side which usually takes place in the summer um, so I guess I'll I, that's kind of the wrap-up on the club side in terms of coaching uh, but when I made in my way into the high performance side I, I did three years in a row where 2016 is with the Ontario summer games uh, 2017 I found a role as an assistant coach uh, with the team Ontario red program so that's our 16 u age program uh, that team actually went out to BC and the head coach uh, of that team is actually the women's coach now, uh, Steve Delaney here at Brock. Um, so Steve and I actually didn't know each other uh, when he was head coaching. I was assistant coaching. He got hired at Brock that summer for the women's team. And then a year later, I got hired for the men's team. So um, it's funny how, how the small worlds kind of collide there, but we were actually coaching together uh, and went out to BC that year and won a gold in our division, uh, our division cup too. So um from, from then, I, I moved up to the next level, so I head coached the team. Uh, I guess it was not this past summer, last summer, uh, so 2019. Um, I head coached the team O Red group there where we uh, went out to Halifax and, and placed well and did a good job there. And uh, I guess this summer was more of a, an upgrade as well, being named the assistant coach to the Canada Games team. So uh, the Canada Games team, I guess, is the Team Ontario team, uh, the 17U boys this summer. So we had more of an online format just because of uh, – 
COVID changed a couple of things, but we're currently in our team, uh, Timo elite program right now. So I was just in Orangeville, uh, last weekend with the coaches and athletes getting, getting training going and, uh, working towards Canada games, which is now a couple of years away. Uh, but that'll keep me busy now, uh, looking ahead there. So I guess for me, in terms of where the certification came from and where kind of the development level, I got a taste of everything. Uh, I've coached every age group on the boys side, uh, from 13U to 18U, um, when I'm going through my levels as well. So I do have my performance coach certification that took quite a bit of work, uh, to finish that off. I think that was two years ago that, uh, I got it all done there. So, uh, my master's research is in coaching youth sport. So a lot of help goes through working on a thesis and, and putting it into practice and research, which I think is a big pro as well. And uh, yeah, other than that, it's been, it's been awesome. I think, I think it's been a big part of training, but the only other note I wrote down here is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of time spent when, uh, when no one's watching. And it's kind of my motto for a lot of the stuff 100%. I do that some, some of your best work. Yeah. Some of your best work is done when people aren't watching and um I say it to the guys all the time, people come watch games and they see you playing a game, but they don't see the five practices a week, three workouts a week, extra therapy, extra game video, uh, and then taking care of your academics as well. So on a, on a coaching side, I think it's the same thing where uh, people don't see the prep work that goes in sometimes, and that's totally fine. Um, but your best work can be done when no one's watching. I think that's a big success for me too. Yeah, so obviously you worked very hard to get, you know, to this point and it eventually all paid off and you were named as Brock men's volleyball coach in April 2019. So what do you think have been the go-to strategies that you've used to effectively lead the team? And, you know, the highlight being, um, you know, the team's first ever playoff appearance last season against Western. Yeah, it's been... Um, it's been Sorry, of- UFT. My, my bad, UFT. You qualified for the playoffs against Western, my yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome. Um, I will say, like when I uh, when I got offered the job, it was definitely a full circle experience for me. Uh, the program has been a big part of uh, of my life, even getting it started. So my friend and I actually brought the idea up to Brock in 20, who, 2014, maybe 2015, um, to Rob Hilson, who now works in uh, the Brock, Un- uh, Brock Student Union. Uh, but he was the athletic director at the time. And we said, what does it take to get a men's volleyball program going here? And uh, we went through a lot of meetings, went through a lot of stuff to even get an idea before we got approved for a club team. And uh, so a big part for me is the whole – this whole idea for me of the Brock men's volleyball program is almost a, a full journey for me. So from a little idea to get a varsity team to making it a club team to being able to play on the first team back uh, and then assistant coach and now a head coach. So uh, I think a big thing for me is leading by example. I think that's number one that I tell the guys and then show it just with what I do. Uh, they know I'm a pretty busy guy with things going on and uh, being able to manage a lot of it and keep everyone on, on time and on task, I think is important. Uh, but the lead by example thing's a big one for me, right? If I'm if I'm coming in late to practice, I can't ask my guys to be on time. Um, if I'm not organized or planned, how can I expect the same from them when we're game planning or getting ready for a match that weekend? Um, just little things like that, I think, are a big pro when uh, when going in the program, especially because a lot of the guys are very close in age uh, to me as well. So last year was my first season. Uh, I had one older than me, and I had five that I played with uh, in 2016. So that's also a different uh, kind of atmosphere there. Talk about full circle. Holy crap. Yeah, it's, it's, my, it's my little baby, actually. It's, uh, this, this program means a lot to me. It's been uh, it, from, just from the thought idea itself and to see where it's come now. And um, even this year, I have three guys that I played with still. So they're in their fifth year now. But three guys that I played with in 2016 are in their fifth year. Uh, to, to see that whole full circle as well as 
uh, fellow athlete to me being an assistant coach for a couple of years to me head coaching now and seeing them go through this journey. I guess like you look at TAing as well and you, you see this journey of where they started and what they're going to be leaving Brock as and, and you're hoping that they're leaving as good role models, good alumni and people who are going to be successful off the court too. So um, leading by example is the big one first. I, I think the second one is to be open and honest and um, especially with a different time going on now. I think that uh, to be open with your athletes, they, they, they just want to hear what's going on, right? Uh, when you're talking about ideas, when you're talking about a thought process, um, they, they want to be heard, right? And they want to have an opportunity to say maybe adjustments, thoughts, things that they're seeing. Um, an easy one for me is I don't see what they see on the court. I'm not the one that's standing there during the play. Um, and I think those communications and, and giving them the flexibility and the confidence in themselves to make those decisions is a big part for me. And a lot of our, a lot of our conversations in practice are very open, right? I ask, I ask them to be respectful and it's the same on my end too. But uh, when we, when we're being honest with whether it's stats, whether it's rotations, there, there's so many things that are going on that uh, I, I think that's a big part for them. Uh, and I think it helps promote the success off the court too. Uh, being a TA also helps that I know, programs pretty well are here around the university. So uh, academics is a huge part for me being a master's student, a previous master's student as well, and um, keeping up on them with their academics, especially now that we're a little bit different situated with the season this year. And uh, I think that open and honest part is a big, uh, big pro there. Um, and then the last thing I've written down, I guess, for like with this program, and, and I'll kind of talk about the successes, but uh, but taking the time to get to know them. Uh, I, I try and have conversations with them as much as I can. I, I'm the first one to show up early and have a conversation. I, I try and rotate through different practices as well. Um, but they're all different, right? They're all uniquely different uh, in terms of where they're coming from, their experience, uh, where do they want to go. We have athletes who want to go play pro after post-secondary. We have athletes who are just here to have fun and, and make a good career out of it in the OUA. Uh, we have some guys that are there because they know they're there to be kind of the glue of the team and to be part of that process. So um, the more that you take the time to get to know them, uh, the bigger they're going to help you out when you're in a timeout and crunch time and you're asking them to do something and they agree, they don't agree. They're going to look at you and say, okay, I trust you. Let's do this. Right. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong, but when you have that trust and that respect level too, I think that's a big piece to the, I guess the overall success of, of a program and the culture. So, um, yeah, great, great answers. Great, great answers there. Um, you know, I uh, just I want to circle back to the formation of the of the pro of the, of the pro of the program. You know, and the fact that you know you say that it's sort of like your baby in a way, like that, like like having the goal to you know at least try and see if you know the a volleyball team can can be formed. Even like even as something as basic as a club level, like that takes a lot of gut, a lot of guts, and it, it's something that you know that you have to be like hundred percent committed there, there you know there's there's not a doubt in your mind that it can't that it can't work um because you know if if any doubt surfaces it's it's gonna it's gonna cost you and you know it's you know it's paid it's paid off um uh culminating in the high point of you guys making the playoffs and you know the, the other thing i noticed is um is you know your your co your coaching philosophy of you know I don't see what's going on, 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 on the, on, on, on the court and, you know, having players, having, giving players the freedom to, you know, make, you know, make good, make good, make good decisions while, uh, while get, while giving uh, helpful pointers, helpful pointers here and there, like that, like 
regardless of how good the team is, that fosters, that fosters good culture. And, you know, when you have good culture, you eventually word's going to spread that, um, Hey, this pro, this pro, this program, this program, this program is good. They got a good, they've got good, they've got a good knowledge. They got, they have a good way of, you know, knowing of not only like knowing the game, but being able to uh, foster a good, a good team environment, which, uh, which you know, trends will show that it leads to uh, it, it leads to uh, good re- good recruits joining joining the team and ultimately uh, making the making the squad better. So you know, lots of stuff that hopefully uh, listeners at home uh, you can take if you know if you're interested in, in, interested in coaching or if or just or just basic aspects uh, you you want to put put into your profession into your profession into your professional life, like. Even if you're like just a simple manager, like you know the the aspects of like having trust in your in, in your in your co- in your colleagues, giving them the freedom to make good dis- good deci- good decisions, you know, become universal values that you know if you, if that once you adopt them, uh, your chances of success dramatically go up. Um, sort of segueing into the next question here. Um, and, and, you know, the pandemic's been around us for almost seems like forever, like it or not. So how have your coaching, how, have your coaching strategies changed since the pandemic started? And, you know, if so, how, and given the, you know, circumstances surrounding uh, the 2020, 2021 OUA season, what is an average week uh, look like for for uh, yourself and the team. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been different. <laughs> uh, I know coaches have had to adjust a lot, and, and not just myself across, across the board on any sport in terms of uh, what they're able to do and not do with their athletes. And, and Brock Athletics has done an amazing job uh, giving us a return to train protocol and, and working hard and making sure that's a safe environment for coaches and athletes to return to campus to train. So uh, this summer looked a little bit different for us just because normally we do train maybe um, for the local guys that are here, we can get on court once or twice a week, or uh, we definitely have the team down every week, uh, one weekend a month uh, just to see each other and get together. But uh, with everything kind of shifting online we move to more of an online, uh, I guess call it, player player academy team meeting you call whatever you want but uh just seeing the guys once a week and going through different sports psych topics uh we did position meetings as well and we had different group meetings going through and a big part of that was just integrating our new recruits uh into the team uh we have four five new recruits four four first years and then one transfer from niagara college and uh, having those guys come in and, and jump with the team and be online was a good start um, just normally they'd be able to see each other during the summer and, and kind of mesh that way. But um, summer was definitely a little bit different with more online status going through. Uh, I guess before before August, I, guess, I think the OUA announced pretty early that they weren't having any fall sports this year. So for us as a full year sport, fall and winter, they pushed us to January. So uh, we're kind of holding off right now, seeing what that's going to look like. But there's no games, there's no exhibition, there's nothing till January for sure. Um, so for us, we didn't have to rush, we, not rush, but we didn't have to come back quickly. Um, we got everyone here by the start of school and, uh, it was more of an open idea. Like players had options to come back, obviously, because people are paying rent, people are making decisions and schools online. So what are they going to do? So we did have our whole team come back, which I think is awesome. And I think that speaks to the culture as well, because I do know there's other university programs, not in our, not at Brock, but other programs that athletes stayed at home or um, they weren't interested in going down to the school even to train a little. So uh, I think that speaks a lot to have all the guys coming down. And um, for us, 
Steve and I, so Steve, the woman's coach and I uh, did a lot of work in our return to train plan. So what we had to do is we had to take a couple things in consideration. So one, what was Brock allowing us to do? And two, also noting that these guys haven't been on an indoor court in about six months. Um, so with our return to train plan, normally, normally when they come back, it's five days a week, we're full go. Um, preseason's literally one week in and, and we're going, but uh, this year's a little bit different. Uh, so this year we kind of prepped the guys. So we started off with one time a week, uh, moved to two times a week for the last two weeks. And now we're in our second week of uh, three times a week for the guys. So they're getting on court three times right now, which is a healthy number. We're capped at the number of guys. So we have 11 guys on court right now. Uh, we're hoping to increase that in our return to train plan come uh, next week or, or right after in reading week there um, to get to more full six on six training. But that's just waiting for our return to train plan. Uh, they're still working out twice a week. Uh, we did have field sessions as well, once or twice, just depending on the weather and what that looked like. So uh, they're keeping busy that way. Um, so they're still getting touches or they're being active with the team at least five times a week, which is helpful. Uh, the tough thing is obviously we can't come into campus right away. So for them, it's a little bit tougher that they have to kind of book it over to Brock practice for an hour and a half. Cause we have to give time for cleaning and everything in between next practices and, um, an hour and a half. And then they have to leave campus pretty quickly after. So in terms of our return to play setup, it's slowly getting there. Uh, the OUA makes their decision October 7th or 8th, next Thursday or next Friday on the season. So we're kind of holding out right now on the balance. We're not really sure. Um, I, I can't really speak to any side if I believe there is a season or not a season, but um, it's another development year for us regardless, right? So even if we do have a season in January, this year is really being treated as a big development year to get everyone on the same page, um, same skills, same same kind of idea and philosophy as a team. So. Um, the return to play season there and then the drill setups obviously been a little bit different so it's kind of discouraged um, not frowned upon but discouraged that coaches try not to touch the volleyballs as much as possible um, how we're doing in drills so minimal blocking in certain drills just because athletes aren't wearing a face mask when they're on court um, so sometimes when you're blocking and attacking you have guys who are about a foot and a half away from each other at the net kind of exerting sweat and whatever when they're hitting the ball and everything so uh we've had to kind of monitor how much we're doing there uh again in terms of drill setup like we've got like balls are being washed after nets are being sanitized everything's being clean so um and we're entering the building with our screening every day it's definitely been a different process and a tougher adjustment but um, the guys really want to get back right and i think that's number one why it's a little bit more free-flowing right now to have everybody uh following the rules that have to be followed and it's really easy after that because it's either we follow them or we're not practicing right so um it's been okay we've gotten to a good process now and a good little uh kind of direction and we'll see what the season looks like coming up but um if there is a season that's that's great we'll look to start in january and then keep our training going on now and if there's no season again it's uh it's definitely a different year with a global pandemic going on and uh we're still going to be training during that time and find um and find a good balance for athletes from a athletic standpoint, from also a mental health standpoint, because I think it's healthy that they're doing physical activity and being active together too. Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously, it's very different this year, um, and hopefully, we get a little bit of good news. You know, if we can, you know, find this OUA season, maybe it can come back in winter. Fingers if crossed, it's safe, man. obviously. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, they can, you know, figure out some sort of way. Um, but. You know, just one more question for you before we, we let you go. You're also involved with uh, Niagara Youth Life Coaching. 
So um, can you just expand on that a little bit and what that kind of entails um, and what have been the highlights of being involved with that? Yeah, so I, I started I started this uh, life coaching business when I finished my master's. So uh, I guess as soon as I was done my master's, I got hired uh, as a full-time technical director for the Niagara Rapids Volleyball Club. And that's a position I still hold to this day. So um, not only am I doing COVID policies and procedures for Brock, but also for the Kids Volleyball Club now where um, we had tryouts last weekend and that could, you can only imagine how different that looks for a youth sport tryout and our return to train. So um, it's been busy there. So what I, what I wanted to do is I, I actually felt that I was doing too much volleyball as crazy as that sounds, but doing too much volleyball when I graduated, I said, I'd love to still work with kids, still help out. Uh, but it doesn't have to be in a volleyball capacity. And, um, this is where this life coaching idea came out. And the, I think it's a, it's a fair balance between it's in the middle of mentoring where it's not, it's not a big brothers program where you're going and just doing whatever they want and hanging out and, and, golfing movie, whatever it's going to be, but it's also not on the extreme of counseling where all, all the kids that I get to work with are really good kids that have great lives and great resources. And uh, they're just as motivated to be part of this as I am. So um, the life coaching process, I kind of split into four different parts. So I work with kids. Um, I've worked with the youngest kid probably being 10 years old to kids in university. And uh, the way I describe it is like, you're just taking good from great, right? Like you're, you're looking at, something that you're really good at and maybe you want to take it to a great uh, level, right? And, and kind of progressing that way. So whether it's academic, right? So I get tons of kids in school that are looking for better time management strategies, how to plan through things. And I think that's a big win that I do with our university guys already. Um, it could be on the athletic side. So a little bit more on the sports psych side. And I get a lot of kids coming through in there too. Um, whether it's career. So you look at maybe the older group that I deal with. So the grade 11s and up, uh, I get kids all the time that uh, looking kind of outside of school and outside of sport and then developing, uh, whether it's resume writing, whether it's job interviews, anything that falls in that category and, um, and then personal, right? So some stuff about themselves and kind of where they see themselves or what goals they kind of want to check off. And um, the thing I love the most about it is it's not a, it's not a cookie cutter approach. Um, I don't have a template to start my meetings with, with, uh, with these kids, they're, uh, they're all different and I have their kind of single craft each one as I go along. And, uh, it, it's been awesome. It's been such a great experience to work with a lot of kids. And we've had, I guess I've had about 45 kids. This is year four now. So about oh, 45 wow, kids, wow. um, go through this, this program and it's one-on-one -on -one. it's uh, once every two weeks. Sometimes it's once a week. Um, it's not a program that's ongoing. Some kids only, they have, they sign up for four sessions to learn about time management and that's, that's enough for them after I've worked with one kid for about a year and a half and he's actually going to grade 12 this year, which is awesome. I'm doing well. And, uh, I, I think that's a big hit home for me when, um, it's something on the side, but just as important for me and, um, to have 45 kids, like that's again, about 12, 13 kids a year. So I don't, I don't go on full time with this, but, um, to have that part of my life and, and I really enjoy that giving backside and, um, yeah, it's, it's been quite the experience. I, even in highlights, like I couldn't, couldn't give you the highlights of a specific time, but I, I can definitely say there's been a lot of kids that have really pushed themselves too and, and done some really cool things and, and they're, uh, they're rolling now. I get a lot of grade nines that come in. So I guess the nerves, the nerves of high school. And, um, even now in this COVID yeah. pandemic, like I'm, I'm booked up full. So I've got, six kids that I'm, I'm capped out right now. And that's the most I can work with. And those six kids are all, how am I adjusting to this? How am I taking care of this? Um, and going through that process. So it's been an awesome experience. I think it's something that 
uh, I'd like to keep growing as we go along and um, yeah, nothing, nothing but positive things. That's been a really cool opportunity for me. Yeah, that definitely seems like a, you know, a really cool experience, a great way to, you know, not to, you know, not only uh, give back to the Niagara community, but uh, a way, but a way to, you know, uh, make a, make a great impact on people's lives, you know, uh, much, much as you do with, uh, with coaching and, uh, and your, and your TA responsibilities. And, you know, I mean, the, again, I've, I've said this a bunch of times on the, on our episodes, but the theme that we've tried to establish this year is getting out of your comfort zone. So the vo- volleyball coaching TA responsibilities, director of the Rapids volleyball club of the Rapids volleyball club and youth life coaching. That is 100% getting out of your comfort zone, being able to balance that and, you know, having the drive and commitment to make that happen is unbelievable, is unbelievable. And, uh, commend, commend you, uh, for, for that, for, for, for that, for that commit, for that commitment. And, yeah. you know, if there, if there's one, if there's one thing our, uh, listeners at home to take, uh, that you should take from this episode it is a hundred percent that uh, yeah and I, sorry even even just to round circle like i think to sum all that up is like i think it goes back to the whole you, you do your best work when no one's watching right like it's it's uh there's a lot there's a lot of work that goes in behind the yeah. scenes and uh and i i'm a landlord as well i own a couple houses too in st Catharines here so oh. um <laughs> there's there's there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with this stuff and i i love every minute of it i love being busy i've always i've always been there but uh i think the one takeaway for people if if whoever's listening to these anyway. Um, but whatever group there is, I, I'd say the big one is like your best work is going to happen when no one's watching and, and the good yeah. things are going to roll. But um, a lot of cool, a lot of cool things going on. I, I'm, I'm very happy with all of them. <laughs> all right. Well, Matt, listen, we thank you so much for, for coming on. And, um, and this is a little bit of a curveball, but as is tradition, uh, we like to give uh, the guests uh, some time to, uh, you know, say, say, uh, say a little spiel or say whatever uh, is on their mind to wrap up the show. So as we often say, Matt, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's great. I, I think, uh, I think idea, like, like ideas like these and people that are willing to take the time and listen, listen to some of these talks and uh, it it's definitely influential, but it is what you make of it. Right. And I see a lot of kids go through our sport manager program and there's a lot of kids that say, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this. And 1% of them are going to actually send an email or 1% of them are actually going to go grab a coffee with someone. And, um, there are just so many opportunities out there, but you can, you can help yourself a lot when you're, when you're putting the time in and, and working behind the scenes. And I think that's been a big pro and a big kind of motivator for me, I would say going through these years. And, um, even, even to this day, right? Like I, I've always got a couple of projects going on. I, I hold myself to a higher level of responsibility and accountability. Um, but you don't want to give away all your secrets. There's a couple of things in, in, in the works right now for me and, uh, hopefully, hopefully coming out in, uh, maybe January area a little bit farther through, but, uh, yeah, the, again, the big takeaway for me is like, there's, there's a lot of great stuff that's available and there's good resources and people that want to network and want to help people out. And, um, for those listening, I'm, I'm more than happy to always have an online coffee, uh, for now and, uh, feel free to reach out anytime. And I'm, I'm sure email information, everything's on our Brock website too, to contact. So. Well, again, Matt, we thank thank you again for uh, joining us. Uh, Neville, thanks again uh, for coming on to co-host. It was a great episode. Thanks again, folks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt.
Hey, folks, we hope you enjoyed this edition of the SPEMA Council podcast. Big thanks goes out to this week's guest, Matt Ragonia, uh, for coming on, uh, sharing his story and his experiences in the industry. Uh, the man's achievements read like a laundry list, as, uh, as we said, from his experiences with the Brock men's volleyball team and the Niagara Rapids Volleyball Club to uh, his time as a, as a TA and uh, with Niagara Youth Life Coaching as well. Um, lots of points to take uh, from from this episode, uh, but you know, two main points that anyone can take is you know his qualities that he, that he possesses, which is you know hard work, uh, persistence, and dedication. And if you can take if you can take those qualities in any in you know any setting, sport industry or not, then I guarantee that you will be just fine. Uh, a special thanks as well to uh, my co-host for this episode, Neville Medill. Uh, it was great having you on uh, to do this episode, and uh, I hope to have you uh, on again in the near future. But until the next episode, to my Brock listeners, I hope you have a safe and enjoyable reading week. And uh, that concludes uh, this episode of the SPEMA Council Podcast. Uh, until next time, God bless, stay classy, and we'll see you guys soon. Cheers, folks.